This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome, everyone, to the seventh episode of the Building a Trinity podcast. I'm your host, Kyler Bills. I'm a freshman wrestling 285 pounds here at Trine, and I'm going to be your guide in their exploration of the Trine wrestling program, both past and present. I'm very excited to bring you the seventh installment of the Building a Trinity podcast. This is obviously a bi-monthly podcast in which we will have a guest on the program, whether it be a wrestler on the team now, a coach, or even some alumni of the program. Sometimes we may even have multiple guests, but the goal of this podcast is to ultimately allow you to get to know some of the people behind the Trine Wrestling Program. Since the details are out of the way, we will jump into the seventh guest of the season. Joining us today, we have head coach Tom Hall. How are you doing, Coach Hall? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Kyler. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm I'm very excited to have you on. So this first question, a little deep, uh, a little weird question, but I I find it very insightful uh, for whoever I'm talking to and, and insight on their life. So I'm going to ask you this question. Who is Tom Hall? Listening to the uh, the previous six podcasts, you've been hitting everybody with this one. Uh, so I, I thought about it a little bit. Okay. Just keep it short and sweet. I, uh, I'm Kinsley's husband. I am Oakley's dad. I'm your coach. Pretty, pretty simple. Uh, you know, what you see is what you get. Um, but I do want to hit you at the reverse Uno. I don't think anybody's asked you yet. Okay. Who is Kyler Bills? That's an interesting question, man. Um, well, you wrote it. I would hope so. <laughs> as far as who is Kyler Bills, um, you know, I'm, I'm just—I love to make people laugh. I think you've noticed that. Um, I'm a really, really low-key guy. I, I love being around my family, my friends. Um, love athletics altogether, whether that be football, um, you know, playing golf, shooting hoops. Uh, obviously, wrestling is the sport I love. Um, I could dive into where I'm from and, and whatnot. You know, from Fort Wayne, Indiana. I went to Carroll High School. Shout out the Chargers. Um, and then I, so basically to come here, you know, I, I've been in Angola most of my life uh, on summer vacations. We, uh, we have a lake, a lake place up here. So Angola's kind of always been my, my second home. Um, so, you know, just to come here and, and wrestle here in college, I love it. But as far as who is Kyler Bills, I'm just a fun guy. I love family and friends, and, and I love just – Go out, going out and doing something, whether that be athletics or just hanging out with friends, going to a movie, whatever it is. I, I just love to be around the people that I love. So that that's very interesting. I've never had somebody swing the question on me, but uh, I really do appreciate it. Had to, that. had to. I'm a big Kyler Bills fan, so figuring out or at least hearing a little bit more about you, I'm always, always, uh, always happy to do that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So before we dive into all the wrestling stuff, um, I kind of want to find out more about you outside of that. So uh, what are some of your hobbies? What do you like to do, you know, when you're not recruiting, coaching, you know, planning events and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, like spending time with my family, like spending time with my friends. Uh, wrestling season is a, is a long process. And, you know, I feel like if you do your job right, you're you're pretty busy year round. But, you know, there's always time for, for family and there's there's a good amount of time to hang out with your friends. Um, gosh, I could do anything with them, but you know, as long as I have good company around me, it's, it's usually a good time. 
I like that. So something I wanted to ask you, um, I've noticed through like social media and stuff, hikes or hikes are like a passion of yours. Cause I don't know about you, but I don't know if, you know, hiking on a, on a long treacherous trail up a mountain. <laughs> I don't know if that one's for me. So, uh, is that something that you really look forward to or what's the story behind all that? Uh, I enjoy being outdoors. My wife, Kinsley is, is really into it. You know, I grew up uh, in a pretty rural area. So I played outside a lot as a kid, uh, you know, just basic stuff like that. But then, uh, you know, as we move down here and stuff, there's, there's, you know, you just don't get to play outside nearly as much. So I try really hard to, uh, you know, do something outside over the summer. My wife and I usually try and do like one really cool hike a year. Okay. Kind of made that our, our mission or our goal. Um, but you know, I wouldn't say it's anything super dangerous or, right, or right. treacherous, like like you were saying. Um, usually they're pretty pretty mild, but they're a good time. Okay, okay. So, what? How did you find your way to trying? I think, and I'll let you talk about it all um, about how you got here and when you got here. Um, but being an Olivet guy, how did you you know come to coach at trying? So the ball got moving actually before I even graduated, which was kind of kind of okay. unique. I think that's a little bit different. Um, I was a, a senior, obviously, at Olivet College, and uh, throughout the season, there was an assistant coach here that I knew very well, uh, and him and I had a really good relationship, and uh, he kind of told me a couple times throughout the year, hey, you know, we're looking for, it was actually a strength and conditioning coach, and, you know, we might have to finagle some things to get you down here, but uh, a lot of, like, your your entry levels for coaching, I mean, it's very rare to find, like, a super stable high paying like assistant right. coaching job right out of college so um i was pretty eager at that opportunity uh but but things changed uh that that assistant coach ended up going back to olivet actually which left his position vacant at the okay. time and uh you know I, I was very lucky to have dan callahan still you know want to give me that opportunity and now it actually worked out even better for me because there was less uh for lack of a better word, finagling, okay. you know, right, right, you know, right. less, less like uh, loose items that I had to deal with. Like it was, it was a decent paying uh, position. I was able to, to afford to do it. So I actually came down here right after college. I, I think it was like two or three months or maybe a month and a half, actually. That sounds more like it that I, that I kind of got to enjoy that summer. And then I, I drove back here and uh, got to work. Okay. Yeah. Now that's amazing. So was coaching always, I mean, what did you go to college for? Like, did you always want to kind of be a coach or, or how did you, you so know, grow into that role? At the very beginning, my freshman year, I was a communications uh-huh. major. Okay. Yeah, DJ Tommy T, the Bearcat. <laughs> I love that. Man, I had headphones on. I sat in front of a mic, uh, you know, just really, really enjoyed it. But then I found out that uh, you know, writing papers and, you know, being, my grammar was pretty rough back then okay okay you know I just uh decided I kind of needed a change and really enjoyed working out really enjoyed being you know active and and things like that so I switched to exercise science and kind of the rest was history I didn't didn't always know that I wanted to get into wrestling coaching if that makes sense you know strength and conditioning always had my eye like I really used I I used to love the weight room Um, not that I don't anymore I just enjoy wrestling a right, heck of right. a lot more uh you know I finally kind of fell even more in love with it once I started coaching obviously and um you know I'm, I'm super happy with how it turned out obviously no absolutely 
Um, you know, I, I kind of want to transition into the wrestling aspect. But before we get into kind of the coaching details, um, talk to me about your, your career as an actual wrestler and your kind of background in the sport. Oh, man, 2001, I had a mean headlock. 2001. <laughs> how, how old were you then? Oh, gosh. I, uh, I, I've been eight, I think. Right? I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, 2000, 2001. Um, I, I, my cousin was the, uh, was the coach at the time. Uh, he wrestled at Central Michigan for a short stint. He was a state champ, I think, in 97 from Traverse City Central. And I uh, came back. I think he started the program. Yeah, he started the program, the high school program at Forest Area where I went to high school, a really small school. And uh, he started the program, and I wouldn't say, like, I was practicing, obviously. They right. started, like, a club. Who knows how many times I went. I got a T-shirt. <laughs> that was fun. But uh, after after that year, so, so maybe even 2002 was, like, my first official year, depending on how you want to count it. But, um, you know, been wrestling for a long time. Uh, competed a lot I don't think you know there, there hasn't been a year where I wasn't around it after college you know I went straight from high school to college and straight from college to coaching so okay okay absolutely um did you I think everybody in their career you know whether it be middle school or high school or, or even college I think they have that turning point and sometimes for people it's it's more gradually over time um but what would you say as an athlete and competing what was your turning point for your wrestling career Ah, turning point. Man, I, I had a lot of them, right? Like, you're always kind of redefining yourself as, as an athlete and how you compete. Like like I said, I used to be a big headlock guy. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I, like, successfully threw, you know, dirty headlocks. So I had quite a few turning points. I mean, it, it, I've gotten better every year. That's the way that I kind of like to think about it. Like, you know, you learn stuff every year. You learn stuff every time you're around good coaches. I try and pick stuff up. And, um, I don't know if there's like one definitive point. I know placing my senior year uh, was, was really big. So I qualified for the state championship my sophomore and junior year. Couldn't get it done, couldn't get a medal around my neck. So getting that done my senior year helped helped a lot as far as, you know, just accomplishing a goal. Uh, and then in college, like the development was absolutely insane. Getting in a room, and, and you can attest to this, right? Like just getting in a room where there's more competitive people. Yes. You know, I went to a really small high school, like I said earlier, and uh, I, as a freshman, I was wrestling with, like, my coaches and right. stuff, you know. And, and I had a cousin, Justin Gordon. He was a state champ in 2009, and he would beat up on me a lot. But he, he graduated, obviously, my freshman year of high school. And uh, after that, you know, finding guys that could really push you. You know, I had some really tough guys in the room, Jerry Berge, um, you know, a lot of the Sean Ricketts, they, they were, they were incredibly tough, but you know, you just, once you get to college, it's a whole nother level. Right. I, I remember wrestling with guys. I just couldn't believe how good they were and, you know, being able to train with them year in and year out, you know, you just get better as time, as time no. goes, you learn and you, and you work and you adapt. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the whole point of wrestling, I believe. No, absolutely, and, and I can kind of attest to that. You know, even in high school, I had some great training partners. I, I practiced with, you know, Reeve, who was a state champion, mm -hmm. Matt, who was a two-time qualifier. Great guys, and then you come in, you know, but as far as a room collectively, um, you know, we had a great room in high school, but collectively as a room, it's a big jump, you know, to college. And at first I wasn't prepared for it. Um, Everybody's good at something in college. It's, that's where, like, that's where people – 
sometimes get a little bit confused is they're like, oh, Division three, you know, the depth's not there or or like the development might, might not be as good. But you like nine times out of ten, everybody in a college room is good at something. Right. Good at something. You know what I mean? Whether it's whether it's one single offensive attack, whether it's they're tough on top, you know, usually guys are good at something. They're there for a reason. And I kind of hate, um, you know, coming in from high school, everybody was like, oh, it's D1 or bust. Or you get looked down upon, you know, for coming D3. But I think we need to get over that stigma of, like, just because you go D3, you're not a good athlete. There's kids who are D1 caliber who come D3, and, you know, they might not even just, you know, thrive altogether. You know, these are these are great kids, great athletes uh, who are great at what they do. And like you said, at least great at something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think – you know that stigma of D three, you know, isn't isn't all that or whatnot. Um, yeah, I think I think athletes need to do what's best for them, and I think we're starting to see that a little bit more. Um, you know, obviously Division one is probably I, I would assume the, the dream for a lot of kids, but as you get older, you kind of you know. When I was a little kid, it wasn't oh I want to play you know arena football. It was I wanted to play in the NFL. Right, right? you too, I'm, right. I'm sure. Right, so yeah. like yeah, shoot for the stars, but. Um, you know, chase your dreams and realize, like, there's, there's a lot out there. I mean, everything from JUCO to NAIA to D3, you know, all the divisions in the NCAA, there, there, there's some tough guys out there and a lot of really good wrestling, a lot, of, a lot of great coaching too. And for me coming here, it was like I had this conversation um, before I actually got onto campus. I forget who I had it with, but I feel like when you go D1 and you're on a full ride, you're there specifically for athletics and academics are second. Um, I feel like when you come D three, you know, you know, you know, you can't necessarily get athletic money um, at a D three level, but to come here and get an education, but also be able to go do something you love—that's the biggest thing it was for me to get an opportunity to continue not only my education and set myself up for the real world. Um, get you, to, man. You're, you're getting a degree. Not to interrupt you. No, but, you're good. But yeah, let's take you for example, right? You're getting a degree. You get to live in a lake house. <laughs> you have your own radio show. You've gotten better technique, strength, and conditioning, right? Like, name something you haven't excelled at in the last six months. I mean, I, there's been struggles, but I, I can't say that, like... Everybody has yeah, struggles. That's how, that's how you grow, right? You're not going to excel. You're not going to get better. You're not going to see growth without struggling. That's, that's the only way you get better is, is through the struggle, right? Too many people try and get away from that. You can't get away from the struggle. That's what makes you better. If everything, if everything is super easy, it just means that you're not going hard enough. And that's something that I've kind of, uh, I've mentioned this through a couple episodes, but I think Coach Clark said it on like the first episode, but you either win or you learn. And not to say you don't learn from, you know, the wins, but to take, you know, growing up, I would always look at loss as just this terrible thing. Because right, um, right. nobody wants to lose. No, you know, I'm a competitive no. guy, whether it's hall ball before practice, dodgeball. <laughs> I, I don't like losing. Um, but and, and specifically wrestling matches, um, to be able to take not just the bad from losing a wrestling match, it, it translates to life. And that's the biggest thing I've learned from wrestling is my actual life lessons. You know, it's, it's not all about what your record is, if you're a regional placer, if you're a national qualifier. Yes, those things are great. But to learn these self values within yourself that's, is that's the beauty of it. That's, it. that's the best part about wrestling is, uh, you know, ten years from now, hopefully we can sit down and do this again. And I bet you you can't tell me what your record was your freshman year. Or, you know, if, if that match was a major or if it was just a regular decision. Um, 
you know, but, but I bet you'll be able to tell me like, Oh, you know what I learned, you know, you know what I remember, you know, you know, things like that. Um, people get so caught up on like the wins and losses and that's, it's super easy to do as a competitor. I was a lot like that, but being able to understand like the long life goals and, and the, and the long game is, is, is very critical. Um, being able to understand like you're going to lose, you're going to get knocked down, things happen. Life isn't always sunshine and rainbows, but being able to, you know, stay tough. Like, you know, there was a coach that we had at uh, Olivet College before my time, but he always said, you got to suffer to be beautiful. And from the moment I heard that, I, I bought into it. From from the very moment I heard it, I just loved it. Because it's true. You know, you just talked about, you know, well, yeah, I've had some struggles. But that's not a bad thing. Right. Right. If you sat here and you said, yeah, you know, I've kind of coasted the whole time. It's been, you know, pretty chill. You know, then we have an issue. You're not getting better. You're, you're wasting your time here. You're not, you know, this is kind of probably a pain in the neck, right? You had to, you went to the movies last night, <laughs> had to email me the questions at like 10 o'clock, right? right. And, you know, you're doing all this work for it, taking time out of your, your day to do this. And it's not easy, but this is making you a better podcaster. It's making you a better communicator. It's making you better at what you want to do when you graduate. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And, you know, just... Something I've I've grasped growing up, and my football coach, um, Coach Dinan in high school, he was, you know, get one percent better every day, mm-hmm. and you know after you're running conditioning and he's giving you your, his his ten minute speech after practice, you kind of zone out. But since I've graduated, I've really taken that to heart, and it's just like, I mean, you can't go from, I mean, all this stuff doesn't just happen overnight. Doing the little things right and and continuing to get better just a little bit every day is going to add up and make a big difference. I heard a quote that I really liked. It was, uh, every day your best is going to look different, but every day you have to give your best. And I like that a lot because some days, you know, you feel great. Some days you come in and you kill it, right? And then there's those days where uh, nothing's going right. You know, you might lose a recruit, things like that, but you still have to come in and work hard and, and get things done. Because uh, that that's where you'll see a lot of a lot of good gains. Because everybody can work hard when they feel good, right? Right. Everybody can wrestle hard day one, but day two when they have to make weight a second time, and you know they're they're in one of the last rounds and they're they're ready to you know get on the bus and go home. You know that's when we can start sneaking some wins out against guys that we can't or or shouldn't beat. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean. The rest of the world isn't gonna feel sorry for you. I mean, they're, no, they're not. Nobody g- feels sorry for you. The sun rises tomorrow, regardless of if you want it to or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, the world goes on, so you have to make that choice within yourself to like, okay, am I gonna, am I gonna let you know the world walk over me today, or am I gonna stand up and stand my ground? Um, but now I kind of want to transition into coaching. Um, I want to start with uh, coaching on some of the national stages. I know. During in the beginning of this year, you know, you, you're working to get your gold card, you know, so you can, mm-hmm. um, you know, possibly coach at the Olympics, which is, I think it's really cool. Um, but how is it coaching on a national stage such as Fargo and like the national duels? Um, and what can I have that experience of coaching those high caliber guys on those high, you know, intensity? I mean, those are some of the best kids in the nation at the high school level. So how has that helped you grow as a coach? Oh, I love it. Uh, you know, I've heard a couple quotes about this, but one of my one of my favorites is uh, the best coaches make the best thieves, right? <laughs> or uh, you know, be a pirate coach. Like like I've I've heard a ton of them, right? Because 
they all steal each other's stuff right. and, and make it your own. And it's so true. Like I try and everybody I meet, I try and learn from, you know, this, this summer, especially right. Doing this national team stuff. Like I'm in a gym full of the best coaches in Indiana. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't begin to explain how much guys like, you know, and I, I'll forget some people, but guys like Chris Flieger and Blake Maurer and Matt Coughlin and, Oh gosh, you know, Coach Red, all, all these guys, right? You know, Thomas Pompey actually has helped me a, an immense amount being being a rival school, you know, well, not really rival, but right. being a school right down in Fort Wayne. Like, it, it's, it's really cool. Um, you just get all these guys that have been around the sport for so long and are so knowledgeable in, in one area, and it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, they're there teaching high schoolers, and I'm like, following them around to see right, <laughs> to right. see what they're showing and how they're showing it because you know everybody can show a high crotch but how you show it's a lot more important when you're a coach so it's just it's just uh, it's phenomenal like being able to coach with uh coaches on that level or on that stage is just great um as far as working with the athletes it's a lot of fun right being a division three coach um you know sometimes those kids don't even really look D3. Like, there's there's a couple kids I've had the opportunity to work with that it, it's just been an absolute blast, you know, and, and I probably won't get the opportunity to coach them in college, but just being able to be around them in high school and, and seeing them have a lot of success at the at the national scene in high school is, is, is cool. I mean, you still build great relationships. Like right. Those are kids that are going to remember me for a long time, and I'll remember them too. No, absolutely. So I kind of want to jump back to when you first took over trying, you know, just a couple months out of college. Um, well, I didn't take over. I was the okay. assistant right out of college. Okay. All right. I spent two years as the assistant. Okay. So we'll go to. Thank goodness I didn't take over. <laughs> Holy smokes. Two years after college, um, you know, you're asked to take over the, the reins here at Trine. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that and how you've grown. You know, I mean, that's not an easy thing. <laughs> um, I, as you I can attest. grossly underprepared. Um self self-inflicted of course uh i i learned a lot that first year and and a good amount of it was you know how much i didn't know right, <laughs> and right. i'm still learning that you don't know how much you don't know until you don't know right um but uh it, no it, it was a it was a very fun process i think i could have done the things a lot a lot better um back then i think i you know could have been more structured with my time and you know just created better systems which we're doing now uh, but again, you know, like I can't really fault myself. Like I wish I would have known, but I just didn't know until I knew, uh, as that's kind of the whole, the whole process of that first year was just like, do it and let's, let's get better at it, right, right. <laughs> you know? And, uh, unfortunately, well, I'm, st I'm year four and I'm still <laughs> hey, we're going to do it and we're going to get better at it. You know, that's kind of been the, the mantra or the system is just, we're gonna we're gonna do the absolute best we can and, and see how we can improve upon it. No, oh, absolutely, and I I don't think that's something that you just you know I think that's every coach you know whether it be Coach Brands at Iowa or Coach Sanderson at Penn State. Um, I don't think you ever necessarily figure everything out. You know, like you said, you're going to other Cal's close. Coach Kale, Kale's close. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, is, I, I guess that I dude is close, man. He, I don't. I sometimes I wonder if he's from from planet Earth to be honest <laughs> with you because his. Uh, I mean, his development is insane. And no, he does. Like, he does a great job. Match planning State. is unreal. Um, talk to me about coaching against your alma mater. Um, and then, you know, kind of coming here. I know that you wrestled some trying kids back in college. And 
I feel like it would be. I got you know, headlocked by a train kid. You got headlocked by a train kid. Stuck. Michael Connor. First time I ever wrestled him. Ohio Northern Invitational. Headlocked me. Stuck me. <laughs> Cause he, it's because he, I, I probably taught him that. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 you definitely taught him yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he hit it well, that's for dang sure. But, uh, no, Michael Connor actually stuck me first time we wrestled. It was awesome. Um, it was terrible for me. It was awesome <laughs> for him. But, uh, no, it, it, it's, it's been good. Uh, you know, coaching against, like, those guys and stuff, and even, even other coaches you, you know, build those relationships with and, or they go on to a different program and it's it's it's, it's, it's fun the first year it kind of sucked to be honest just because like i was we went in there and uh it was a pretty hostile environment they right. were they were ready for me and you know they didn't they didn't hold back any punches not that i expected them to but uh you know it's gotten it's gotten to be pretty fun i'm ready to beat them you know absolutely I, we, you know we haven't beat them yet we had a good duel with them this year uh but ready to get it done and you know, saying that you you want to be obviously that's a competitiveness and and you are at tri, you are you know trying university, but it's not to say that you know those relationships with those people have gone away. I mean, I see you you know talking with Jesse at all. I mean, from what I know, you and you and Jesse are really good friends. Um, I think you guys wrestle together. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, yeah, we so. were we were roommates. Spe- we spent some time together. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. But okay. Yeah. Still but, still want to beat him. No, not yeah, exactly. Want to make him cry. <laughs> want to make him cry. Um, all right, so now I kind of want to transition into the season and the team this year. Um, you know, obviously a lot of ups and downs throughout this season. Um, you know, with COVID, had some tournaments get canceled. Lucky enough to have the, you know, the regionals and the nationals. Um, but how do you feel that the team performed this year and, you know, through all the ups and downs, you know, persevered and, and all that? I'm I'm super happy with the performance this year. I know, I know, like individually, a couple guys aren't aren't very satisfied. But I mean, we we had five in the blood rounds at, at the regional tournament, which, I mean, is is a pretty competitive tournament. One of the better years we had with a with a really young team. You know, we've obviously had a lot of freshmen in the lineup. We had sophomores that, I mean, really, you can consider them as freshmen, yeah. like eligibility wise. But also, like last year. You know, guys were lucky if they got seven matches. Right. And I think we didn't have more than three weeks of consistent training last year due to COVID. So this year has been, you know, great. I think development-wise, guys have gotten better, which is what we need. The culture has really continued to improve. Uh, you know, from last year, it was it was good. This year, I think it's great. You know, we've really bought into the growth mindset. Uh, there's a lot more to grade on than just performance, right? And and I've, I'm incredibly happy with how things are going. You know, we got two coaches on staff, Coach Rieger and Coach Clark, that have uh, just been phenomenal, right, to have them around, and they've brought a totally different outlook. Uh, I think that's one of the questions yeah, you want to hit on yeah. later, so, so I'll save that one for later. But um, I'm really happy with how this year went. You know, performance-wise, I think there's a couple matches I wish we could have been a little bit more competitive in. And I think we could have, uh, just didn't have some things go our way. Uh, COVID-wise, you know, just winning winning all the battles we can there. Obviously, like you said, we had a couple big tournaments get canceled, unfortunately, uh, which which hurts. Uh, you know, we, we work really hard and we're really, really methodical about development and not having an opportunity or having less opportunities to prove it, right? Everybody wants to wrestle. Everybody wants to compete. That's, that's the fun part right. of it, you know? Being in practice is a, is a good time, but 
competing and winning is a lot is a lot right, more fun. Right. So um, you know, it, it's it's always sad to see when guys lose that opportunity. But uh, I was happy, like you said, we did get a regional tournament, which was a blast. You know, putting five in the placing rounds, then you know, Jet Boots making a run there at the end was was really fun to watch. And I, you know, those were some good matches that we do a couple things different. Who knows what the outcome is? Right, and. You know, speaking, you know, from my aspect, um, with, with COVID this year, it wasn't too big of a deal as far as like, no, you know, we, as opposed to what you had last yeah, year. We had we had that like one, uh, and not even we. When I say we, I mean like us as a wrestling community. Yeah. We had like, gosh, I can't remember. Was it was it the? It was like the couple weeks o- after Delta or Omicron? Which one was it? I think it was. I think it was Omicron. Omicron. Yeah, I didn't even know there was a Delta strain. Oh yeah, I might be making that up. So. <laughs> cite my sources but um no there was one that was just like from what i understand i and i'm not a doctor (laughs) but that's the famous Tyler bills line um but uh there was that super contagious strand of covid and it wiped everybody out right like our our whole conference like we didn't get shut down but we, like as, as a collective conference, we decided to only do in-conference competition, which obviously limited the number of uh, events, you know, we could compete in towards the end of the season. And we missed some really big competitive tournaments that I know a lot of guys were looking forward to. But like you said, it you know, it doesn't even hold a flame to, to right. anything like last year. Last year was rough. This year was a lot better. And, you know, next year is going to be great. We're going to be good to go. Oh, absolutely. And you can kind of already see, you know, the trend shifting, obviously, you know, with all of this stuff, a new strain can come out and it could all change tomorrow. Um, but being able to adapt and persevere through that is, is huge. For me, it was just a little difficult because, you know, whether it be the Trine Invite or Muskegon, actually, I don't know if there's anybody at Muskegon. Um, it's it's all MIAA guys. I think 70 or 60% of the guys I wrestled this year were from the MIAA. Um which obviously you want to beat those conference guys. For me, it was it's a little different because we weren't in a conference in high school for wrestling, um, so I didn't necessarily. You know, we saw some of the Fort Wayne area guys, but as far as a conference tournament, I never got that. So I'm kind of out of touch with all the conference stuff. Um, I, I agree with you. I think we I think we do wrestle them too much. Um, unfortunately, like with COVID this year, our hands were kind of tied right. in a couple situations. You know, we were set to travel to some destinations and wrestle we were you know we were set to travel out to illinois and compete out there try and get away from uh right the uh the region or yeah. or, or you know the surrounding states because really it's us in michigan right so you know obviously we're gonna be pretty close to them but you know next year we've already got some scheduling stuff going to you know we'll be we'll be competing at the indiana little state again uh, next year for the okay. first time since I've been around. So I'm, I'm excited for that. You know, that'll get us away, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think sometimes it's hard with, you know, with travel and, and a lot of other, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to unpack, you know, when you're building a schedule and with COVID and, um, but yeah, we did, we did see them a good amount this year, but you know, I think it helped us prepare a little bit better. We, we, you know, we had some good duels with, uh, you know, we had a really good duel with Olivet. Uh, so maybe we were prepared a little bit more. Who knows? No, no, absolutely. Um, so now I kind of want to talk about, you know, your perspective towards the certain things. Um, I want to talk about, you know, to any any guy in high school who's watching this, um, for me, coming to college was a just an absolute 
I want to say culture shock. I don't know if that's the right word, but it was really shocking, you know, the transition and the level of commitment and and the intensity is just so much higher that I experienced in high school. What would you say the biggest difference in wrestling in high school to college is? Ooh, there's a lot. I mean, the details probably, honestly, like the details in technique and the details in, in everything really, like, um, obviously it's going to be a little bit more intense. Guys are going to be a little bit bigger, faster, and stronger guys. You know, coaching is going to be, you know, hopefully a little bit better. Uh, it's, it's just the details, right? Like it's another level. It's kind of the way that I look at it, right? Like there's the very basic level of wrestling that you hit in middle school and it gets a little bit more advanced and then it gets a little bit more advanced. And I think sometimes people try and make it to be like this really fun, really like monumental jump when it's it's not that you know it's it's just uh the next level and you know it's part of the progression you know and i think if you if you build it up too much it can be very daunting and and it can look hard it's just the next level you know a lot of the guys i mean shoot like one of your teammates wrestles in college like there's a good chance we could eventually compete against him Mm -hmm. right like it's the same you guys have been wrestling together for years yeah all these kids that are all over the country, you know, they, they were also high school wrestlers. Like, it's it's the exact same, just maybe a little bit more in the details. Technique might be a little sharper. Guys are going to be a little bit bigger and faster. But, you know, all in the details. No, absolutely. Now I kind of want to talk about the team for a little bit, um, you know, having such a young team. Um, I don't know how, you know, teams in the past have been necessarily. I don't know at Olivet, you know, if you guys were a super young team. Um, you know, the pros and cons, and, and how do you think – having such a young team and I, w- I want to say inexperienced, but that sounds negative. Um, but just a young team who has so much room to grow. Talk about, you know, coaching a, a squad like that. Just got to get them to learn, right? We got to put ourselves in positions to, uh, to learn. Um, we've got to, got to have the film, got to have the positions. We've got to see, you know, a lot like what I said earlier, a lot of kids don't know what they don't know. Right. until it's shown to them right so um we have to do everything we can to to put you guys in those positions and and get you guys that mat time to where when you make a mistake we can say hey you're not supposed to do that right or hey you have to be more aware of your surroundings or, or, or where we're at on the mat or how much ride time you have right these are all foreign concepts to you know most high schoolers they don't understand like or not that they don't understand but they just don't have a lot of experience or or practice even to you know wrestle a three-minute first period or score takedowns on the edge the same way that they they rule it in college uh or you know have ride time introduced or neutral danger danger rules um you know there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff there um but i don't think it's that 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 big of a difference okay i absolutely i just want to go on record and say i absolutely despise college stalling rules you do i, I absolutely. how would you change them what, w- what would be the difference so i might be a little biased in high school i wasn't and i know we've struggled with this is, is creating offense mm-hmm. um i wasn't a very offensive wrestler especially when i you know get the chance to wrestle good kids um i don't know i just feel like i feel like when an offensive man is using all of his weight and leverage to just push you out because he knows if you back out, it's a stalling. Mm-hmm. But pushing somebody isn't, in my opinion, an offensive move to warrant a stalling mm-hmm. from the opponent. I think 
in that situation, you either don't do anything or it's stalling on both men. So outside man needs to fight in, right? Obviously yeah. needs to circle in. And I do think officials have gotten better at understanding there's a difference between shoving someone out of bounds and someone backing out of bounds. Uh, I, I do think they still get that call wrong. I think sometimes it can be a hard call. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's perfect the way it is, but I don't think it's terrible either. So we, we disagree a little bit in that aspect. And then on the aspect of action, I feel like you action shouldn't. Action in what position? Top, bottom? No, action in the position of I'm pushing you out, you're circling in, I shoot, we go out of bounds. Oh, I feel okay. like that, if anything, that's stalling on the other man. I don't think he should be rewarded because I take a shot and we go out of bounds. Yeah, I, well, he's not rewarded, right? It's just right, right. I guess there. not punished. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I get what you're saying. Um yeah, we've had to change our verbiage, right? Because, like, probably when you were in middle school and when I was in college, like, it was, <laughs> it was shoot him out, shoot right. him out. Right, no, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. So we, we've had to change our verbiage to walk him out or, you know, back him out, like, different things like that. Um, I, I understand where you're coming from there. I can I can definitely see your frustrations. I, I think it – I think there's pros and cons, obviously, to the system. Um you know, I want, I want to see guys wrestle. I want to see action. So I don't want them to, you know, if they get rid of that action call, I think we're going to see maybe less shots taken on the edge. Okay. But if they start hitting it for stalling, maybe we'll we'll see more. You know, I just want to see – I want to see guys try and score points, like real takedowns and real points. Right. Like nothing's worse when those heavyweight matches are <laughs> like, let's just push each other around for seven minutes and see who can get the, the you know, the, the second stall call. So I mean – I, I think I have perfected the fake shot. Um, <laughs> in high school, my most deadly move was the slide by to make it look like I was doing something. Yeah, because I, I was so timid to actually mm -hmm. take a shot. Whether I it, it's hard, but just getting to where you have confidence in your offense, and then even have con confidence in like when your shot gets stuffed. You know right. what I mean? And that that's probably one of the the harder parts as a coach is like to get you to get kids to pull the trigger. So they can build that confidence and build that skill of, you know, being able to take not only good shots, but being able to take shots that are defended well and then that you can either capitalize on, you can continue to score, you know, we can stay on the shot and, and finish or getting kids to understand like, okay, I took a bad shot. Let's stay in good position. Let's build back up to our feet. Let's, let's start again. You know what I mean? Right. Um, before I didn't mean to go on the stalling, no, the no, stalling you're good. Uh, I tantrum. It. I, um, I want to talk about culture. Uh, I think culture is huge. I was lucky enough. I always reference back to Carol, but it's kind of like the only you know. It's it's I'm, I'm it's only what a you freshman. Draw from. Yeah, it, it's what I it's came a great from. Great program. Um, Just to go, you know, big question here. When you say Chargers, are we talking like was it a horse? Or no, is we're it talking a about a sea with a lightning bolt. Okay, so yeah, okay, I have seen that. I have seen that. Yeah, you know, shout out Jared Landa, shout out Austin Bricky. Uh, did a great job this year. Um, but I was lucky enough to come from a super great culture, both in football and wrestling. And it was it was weird that I had both aspects of it. Um, football, I kind of came in, didn't know the culture there. But Coach Dining did a, did a great job of, of telling you the culture day one. You know, and I think coaches can only do so much as far as culture, of, of try to, like, set you on the right way. But as far as actually building and growing that culture, it's really up to the athletes and the the kids 
who want to grow it. So talk to me about, you know, the culture here at Trine and what you kind of want to build it into. Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think, you know, culture is way more in people, way more important than people like to give it credit for. Um, like uh, the, the softball coach here is great. Coach, coach Donnie, he's awesome. Um, coach D they're, they're, they're a very, very high level program you know, top five every right. year. We're talking just absolute powerhouses. And we were talking one day and he goes, you know, you talk about culture a lot. Like when, when we're talking, how much do you talk about it to the guys? And it kind of clicked for me. It's like, man, I, I talk about development. I talk about, you know, getting nutrition and rest and sleep and all this stuff. And I, you know, I preach about that stuff all the time to you guys, but how often do we talk about the, the culture of the program, the culture of the team? And it kind of clicked right there for me. You know, we, we, we try and put a very large emphasis on it, right? Because that's what, what people do when I'm not around. What people do when, you know, the leaders, quote-unquote leaders of the team aren't around is so important. And being able to build a culture where, like, you guys are, you know, self-motivated and, and, and doing the right thing when nobody's looking. That's, that's what we want to build. And I think we've gotten very close to that. That's, right. that's where we want to be. We want to put ourselves in a community where everybody's rooting for each other. Everybody's getting better. Everybody, you know, no man's getting left behind. Everybody's doing everything they can to squeeze success and hard work and, and becoming the best version of themselves out of each and every one of us, right? Like I want, you know, <laughs> and you have to be smart about how you approach it sometimes, right. but, you know, I want every kid to want, them to be the best wrestler but also want their teammate to be the best wrestler you know no absolutely and i think it's it's sometimes you you forget about that because it's it's weird i'm not trying to say it's a it's not a team sport but when you're out there on the mat it's just you so jumping i think you talked about this i forget chris, where you're at chris flieger talks about this a lot too he was a really good coach down at nai school um down south and you know he talked about just i we talked about it all summer he's like hey like the the culture is going to mean everything. The culture is going to mean everything. Don't sacrifice your culture. Like that's year one. You're going to want. And I remember this year one as a head coach. There was some things that you know I could have handled better. But there, you know, it might have been one of the better kids on the team. You know, letting him get away with stuff or or you know not holding everybody to the same standard and you know that it's it's like a poison right like right. You, like you want to win so bad and you want to want to let things slip and you you know but all that does is create a bad bad culture um and, and we were there you know we we didn't have a great culture my first year as head coach and it all lies without me you know it's my fault right um so being able to kind of change that through a couple of recruiting classes and you know you wouldn't be able to tell a couple of years ago, we had a bad culture. If you stepped into our wrestling room, I right. mean, guys love being there. Guys want to be there. Uh, coaching staff, twenty-five all the way to heavyweight. Like everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants to get better, and that's that's what we really like to see. Absolutely, and I, I've touched on this, you know, beforehand. But when you have a room full of guys, and and our team is so much more than just a room full of guys who wrestle together. You know, we're a family. But to have a room full of guys who all want to be there and who's not, like, slacking off and not cutting corners. It makes you want to work hard because somebody else is working hard and you want to outwork them, mm -hmm. which it, it all just pushes each other, and it's like a domino effect. Um, but There's now nothing better than when you're drilling with a partner and, like, 
they'll be like, hey, man, pick it up. Come on. Right. And then you're like, oh, man, no, like I'm going to go as hard as I can. Well, then now you're going harder than him. And you're like, no, come on, you pick it up. And it's just like you said a domino effect. And it's so true. Like you can you can feel it almost, you know, like if I'm if I'm working really hard at something, say like. I tell Coach Clark, like, hey, look at look at this practice plan I did. Like, he's going to be like, okay, well, you know, look at how hard I went at practice. Then I'm going to be like, okay, well, look at how many recruits I called tonight. Then he's going to be like, okay, well, look at this. I, you know, I, I got right. this done. Like, it's just awesome. Like, everybody, yeah, the, the culture, culture is just king, you know, and getting kids to believe in the fact that they can become the absolute pinnacle version of themselves the absolute best version of themselves like i want you like i talk about it all the time right I, I tell you oh man you're the next joe rogan you're the you know i you know i want you to be the absolute best in everything you do whether it's sending me questions or wrestling or you know picking up a piece of trash you see in the hallway like i i want every single kid on my team to become that best version of themselves no oh, absolutely and, and a, a word i guess it's two words it's a phrase that we had four core values um, in my high school football team. And one of those was competitive excellence. You know, grabbing somebody who's, you know, maybe lacking behind a little bit for whatever reason, um, grabbing them and taking them with you. It, it, it speaks volumes about a team and it speaks volumes about you. And that's, that's just how you get a group of guys to work towards that common goal in, in a much higher fashion. But now I kind of want to talk about, you know, obviously this year we've had some ups and downs injury-wise. Um, obviously wrestling is a physical sport. You know, you're going to get banged up, and there's there's guys cutting weight. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a grueling season. Um, talk to me about the importance of nutrition and taking care, taking care of your body through such a long season. I mean, we start – I think we started the week, technically, you know, preseason stuff the week after we got on campus, um, and we just finished up. So – uh, I, I'm not exactly sure how long that is, five or six months or something. Um, but talk to me about the importance of those two facets. Well, Coach Clark's like our big nutrition guy, right? So right. He, he can really break this stuff down to you. I'm, I'm more of like uh, I'm, I'm very basic at this level, which is why I love having him around. But, um, obvi you know, obviously it's important. Like I, I was talking to one of the guys the other day, and he's like, yeah, it's just it's crazy how what I eat will dictate what kind of day I'm having. Right. Mm -hmm. And and it's so true. I think a lot of people don't listen to their bodies enough. Um, you know, I'm guilty of it. Like you'll eat a big old sugary bowl of uh, cereal for breakfast. And yeah, you're going to feel great for about a half hour. But then after that, right. you know, you're like not feeling the best or, you know, he's really big. Coach Clark's really big on no, uh, no dairy because it causes inflammation in your body and even inflammation in your brain, which then leads to like brain fogginess and stuff and i haven't quite kicked you know the whole gluten and dairy thing yet but uh <laughs> but i think as a competitor it's it's another edge right like um how you rehydrate how you refuel after weigh-ins like the big thing with with us is as a coach i want to find every single possible avenue to make you better right that could be the way we have you ever read atomic habits by i James have not Clear? so great book it's only like 12 bucks on amazon you should really buy it. You know, he talked about how the, uh, and I'm getting off topic a little bit, but it all circles back. Around. No, you're don't, good. Don't worry. <laughs> I know you got class later. So no, you're good. Um, it's all about these very tiny micro transactions, I think he calls them, right? Micro transactions in your day can produce or, or yield big gains over time, right? Like it's very, it's very rare that, you know, you'll see somebody, 
just go from not being even let's take wrestling for example right it's very rare to see somebody go from like a losing record to becoming a state champ right. in, in one right. summer right but you know there's kids that that started off having a losing record their first couple of years of wrestling and then have won a state title right it's yeah, just a longer span right little fever in high school all the time yeah, phenomenal phenomenal uh uh wrestler yeah, yeah, yeah. so i mean yeah we, we won't go into details but you know he was a he, he was a four-timer, right, from Wabash. He did yeah. a great job. He was at Indiana Tech pr- prior to that. Um, but, but right, it's, uh, he, did, he did a f- fantastic job. But anyways, like these, these little microtransactions, right, are we eating the right way? Are we sleeping the right way? Everything that we're doing will make you better. Uh, and it all adds up, right? Like, hey, maybe if I don't eat gluten, I'll feel better, and that'll make me train better. Okay, well, that got me 2% better. Right. And maybe that's all I needed to get past this set of set of opponents. Right. Well, hey, now I'm taking sleep more seriously. I'm actually setting a sleep schedule. I've created that for me. Well, now my recovery is better. So, again, I can train harder. Right. So, boom, I got another two percent better. So now I'm four percent overall. But, you know, and it's, it's just like these little, little tiny transactions. Right. And you, and you talked about it. One percent better every day. If you get one percent better every day, I mean, shoot, you give yourself a year you're going to be a lot better, yeah. right? And yeah. as an athlete, you want to do everything you can to get that competitive advantage exactly. over your opponent um, and, and really just buying into all that stuff. You know, you know it's easy to it, – it's hard to accept things without seeing the, the instant gratification and the instant results. But to buy into I, that I process that. is – I agree with that. Like a lot of people struggle with that. I do too. You know, you, you eat a salad and then you look, look in the <laughs> mirror and you're like, man, where are my abs? Right. Um, it's the same thing with everything, right? Like recruiting is a long process. You're talking to kids a lot more than just one time. It's not, hey, you want to come wrestle for me in college. It's building relationships, spending time with them, meeting them, learning learning more about them, you know, things like that. Um, but, yeah, no, right? You, you do everything you can to find a competitive edge. And I think that's something that's grossly underutilized by wrestlers and, you know, everybody in the wrestling community is like, Eating the correct way, cutting weight the correct way, like recovering the correct way, all, all that stuff's super important. And I, like obviously, we had a lot of injuries this year, but um, the the three big ones that I can think of were all during competition, yeah. which our hands are kind of tied at that point. Um, yeah. Um, so now I kind of want to talk. You know, you expanded on it a little bit. Um, earlier, but I want to talk about, you know, Coach Clark and Coach Rieger. Uh, obviously, Coach Rieger came about halfway. Coach Clark, you've known him for forever. You know, you wrestled with him. Um, talk, to, talk about how they have affected you from not only a coaching standpoint, but, you know, you know, how did you meet them? How, how much of an impact have they had on your, your life altogether? Okay, that's a, that's a really good question. I always like giving credit when credit is due, and both Coach Clark and Coach Rieger have done phenomenal this year. Um, there's many days that they like they bring the the perspective that we need that day uh it's it's hard to always pull from one person and having those two in the room it's it's phenomenal they both bring a super unique perspective like we always kind of we joke around like um you know coach uh, coach clark is like this this just pit bull that's just going and literally going and going and going right and like He's ready to go 24-7, and Coach Rieger is a little bit more methodical and thinks things out, and then I, I try my best to sit in the middle. Right. You know, try, I try to sit in the middle on that. Um, but, but it's been great, right? They both, they're both they both excellent 
at what they do. You know, Coach Clark could sit here and tell you all the macros you need and, and, and everything like that, put, put a great workout plan up for you. And Coach Rieger can sit here and break down anything you need anything you need as well as giving you a great sound life advice too which which you need a lot as a coach um couldn't couldn't think of a better staff couldn't ask, couldn't say better things about them they're they're absolutely phenomenal having them around has been you know a blessing in disguise coach Rieger we didn't really know we were going to have him on staff right he was a uh, not really mid-year edition, but I think just a little bit yeah, before. Yeah, just a little uh, bit before Cal. I think Kalahari was the first tournament, but he he had come he, into yeah, practice. Yeah, he had been beforehand. around time and time, you know, time here and there. So um, <clears throat> he's he's been great. Uh, he had a little stint that he coached out uh, out east, and then he came back to the Midwest, and uh, he's actually dating one of the the, the acro and tumbling mm-hmm. coach here and once i found that out it was like oh game on like we got to get this guy in the room i had known him from college uh he competed against jesse my roommate who he brought up earlier okay. um and getting to see him and you know he's got accolades that i don't he was a i think a two-time national qualifier right i unfortunately never qualified so having that guy in the room you know is is just is gonna help Right. And then then you meet him and you get to see his personality and you get to see just how good of a coach he is. And, you know, it's even it's even more of a blessing. Absolutely. um, Not only is he a good wrestler, but he's also a phenomenal person. He's also a phenomenal coach. And then, you know, you talked a little bit on my history with Coach Clark, like him and I go way back. Uh, You know, I love the guy to death. Like it, it 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 takes a lot to be a super effective assistant coach. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of, you know, time and a lot of patience. And he's done an amazing job of that. I'm very, very thankful for him. Uh, it's not always the easiest job in the world, but the biggest thing with him is I know I can trust him. Like he, uh, he's got my back through thick and thin and I have his, but, uh, but having an assistant that, that, you know, he might not always agree with me, but he's always going to trust me and he's always going to believe in me. And, you know, that's that's worth more than gold. No, absolutely. Trust goes a long way. And I, I was thinking about this, you know, I think there's it, it's it's great and really beneficial to have, you know, these unique, you know, coaching. You know, you said, you know, Coach Clark's always on the go. You know, Coach Rieger's more methodical and you're trying to be in the middle. But, you know, there's there's a specific puzzle to every or a piece to every puzzle. Um and to have coaches who aren't just necessarily the same and to bring different outlooks and aspects into I a team. It. Is, I love it. Is when, when we sit there and we're, you know, in the office after practice or, you know, on the bus home from a, from a competition, like we could sit there and talk for hours, right? And we all bring unique perspectives, something that I might be upset about. They're able to, they're able to kind of justify it or they're, you know, they're able to bring – really bring like what we need to do to fix that right they, they bring answers and that that's huge like it's not just me trying to solve all these problems they bring they bring so much to the table that gosh i can't even i can't even name it all this year has been amazing to have them around because they bring a unique perspective like i said earlier and that helps so much because they think about problems differently right or like when we're in the room and we're working on let's say we're working on single legs well, I, I'm going to show it, and I'm going to use the cues that I've used, you know, all year. Well, then Coach Rieger comes in, and he's like, hey, 
you know, he might be teaching, and, and this actually happened at the Kalahari Duels, his, his first tournament. We were teaching the same exact technique, but we were using different cues. And that's so important as coaches because everybody learns a little bit differently, right? Right. Like I might say, pick your foot up. He might say, you know, lift your foot up. And, I, and that's kind of a bad example, right? But just the verbiage or the cue or, you know, how you're explaining something can mean something so much different to each and every individual, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Um, I want to want to ask you this one more kind of deep question, then we'll get into some of the, the rapid fire stuff and close things off. Um, what has wrestling taught you in your life? Don't quit. Keep going. Work hard in everything you do. Uh, Losing's never the end, right? You only, like, I've lost a lot. Right. <laughs> Wanted to be a state champ, didn't happen, took third. Wanted to be a national qualifier, didn't happen, took fourth, two years in a row. Like, um, just don't quit. Like, you get you get so much better, right? Like, my first year as a head coach, was I great? Not at all, right? But I'm so much better now than I was four years ago, and I'm, you know, I, I pray that I, that I see the same growth or even more growth in the next four years. Right. You know? eventually i'll be pretty darn good at this thing <laughs> i mean i already think you're a great coach so i, I appreciate i'm it. really excited for the future um some fun fact qu uh questions and some rapid fire to kind of know a little bit more about you some of them aren't necessarily wrestling related um but what's your favorite movie of all time or of, of all time not, not wrestling all, related whatsoever all genres all time it could be wrestling related uh, See, except, I, do I get judged on this or? No, I won't judge you. I won't judge you. I, I like Joe Dirt a lot, man. Joe Dirt. Yeah, okay. Joe Dirt. You ever see that movie? I don't think I've actually seen the movie. I did dress up for him as Halloween or as him for Halloween, um, but I don't think I've necessarily seen the movie. But I've heard good things about it. Life's a garden, man. Dig it. <laughs> All right. Um, in high, er, not in high school, in college. What was your go-to wrestling move? Go-to wrestling move. Yeah, I mean, you talked about it a little bit earlier. I don't know if you graduated from the headlock. But yeah, no, I, I eventually did. I uh, really liked like my underhook series to like high crotch. I'd say I, I like that a lot. I've experienced that a couple of times um, in practice. <laughs> um, what are some of your coaching necess necessities, and what do you have to have on coaching day? Oh, that is a good one. I don't think I'm too high maintenance. I have to have our weigh-in sheet. I'll tell you that much <laughs> and, and make sure everybody's got the scale and the iPads and stuff. But coach Clark's got me kind of hooked on some energy drinks. I've been hitting those pretty hard lately. Um, need to kick those, but, uh, I don't know if I have like necessities. Okay. I'm just, I'm just happy to be there ready to scrap, you know, I love that. I Obviously love that. like the team necessities, the stuff we need as a team, but nothing personally. Okay, um, who's the best wrestler in the world right now in, in, in all divisions, everything? It could be Olympic. Who's the best wrestler in the world right now? Oh, man, Kyler Bills. Kyler Bills. Kyler Bills, right? No. Um, <laughs> no offense, no offense. No, no, no you're good. There, there's some good ones out here. I'm really looking forward, like, as far as domestically, I'm really looking forward to this super match that Rudis is putting on. Okay, are you talking Snyder Cox? Or are yeah. you talking Mendez yeah. Swindersky? Swiderski. Swiderski. See that—that's a good one. I'm really excited for that. Uh, gosh, because because so, Mendez just came off surgery. Uh, Swiderski's a, a Michigan boy. I watched Ooh. him beat Ayala at like Legends of Gold a couple summers ago. Um, so I'm really really excited for this one. I thought we were gonna see it at Super 32s, but obviously 
um, Swiderski's schedule didn't match up. I think it was right. Right, he's dodging uh, Mendez. Oh yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm I'm gonna get out all the high school drama here. <laughs> um, no, I mean, gosh, you got You got to give it to Saji Live, right? I guess so. Right. I said Gable. I guess he's not the best in the world, but Gable's my go-to. I mean, guy. Gable did. Gable did win it. I just. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the right. If we're if we're talking Olympic level, Gable Stevenson is pretty incredible too. I think I get caught up in like the international scene sometimes. Okay, and I look over. But I mean, it is it is the world, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The the nation is only just a little taste of what's really out there. Um, when you were wrestling, what was your go to post weigh in drink and food? Strawberries, love strawberries. Okay, uh, as far as food, obviously, but water. I was kept it really simple. I was just like a water guy, or I guess drink, obviously. Okay, no no Pedialyte, not a Pedialyte guy. No, not really. Um, Gatorade, maybe like watered down Gatorade. Okay, um, never really liked the Pedialyte stuff. Just too syrupy. It I is. Just, it is pretty syrupy. I still can't. Not that I cut weight, but still, still don't <laughs> like it. Right, right, right. All right, I'm going to ask a couple more things, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, what does Trine University mean to you? Opportunity, if I had to put it into, like, a single word. Okay. Um, there's a lot of opportunity here. There's not many places you can go where you're a freshman and you, like, have the keys to the uh, the podcast center. Right. A um, lot of opportunity here. It's a great, great place if you want to really follow your dreams, right? Like, if you want to if you want to be a college wrestler, like, we're going to give you the opportunity to be a college wrestler. If you want to be, um, you know, have your own podcast show, we're going to give you that opportunity. If you want to create a marketing strategy for an actual business, like, we're going to do everything we can. You know, if you want to if you want to be a teacher, we're going to get you in the classroom. Uh, they do everything they can to prepare and promote and I'm going to say project kids to become the best version of themselves. No, absolutely. And I can speak on that. You know, like you said, whether it be I'm in a communications major that have the opportunity to and they encourage it here. You know, yeah, they want you. They want you to do real things. They don't want you to just sit in the classroom and read the PowerPoints that are on the board. They want you to do real things and, and gain these real experiences and because that, that, that helps you grow so much, right? Like, you're going to be able to provide these logs and, and, you know, these podcasts to people, and you're going to be able to show uh, future employers, like, hey, I've, I've done this. I've, I've created this. This is stuff that I was in complete control over. I mixed it. I created the intro, created the outro. I did everything. I found guests. I created questions. That's, that looks way more impressive than, yeah, I have a degree, you right, know, you know what I mean. No, like, not, not that that's not impressive, but you know, you've you've had a lot of practice taking initiative, and you've had a lot of practice planning and, and doing real world things. Um, and I and I and they do that like every single major here. They're they're the perfect mix of uh, during the during visits. I always say they're like the perfect mix of being like a theoretical learning school. So whether it's sitting in a classroom and learning from professors and figuring out equations, but then they're also very hands-on. Like, wait until the spring. You see some crazy stuff. You'll see a solar-powered car, you know, solar-powered right. wagon shooting around campus or, like, water transportation vehicles or, you know, just, like, all these really cool, unique, you know, opportunities. Like I said, opportunities, you know, all around campus. It's awesome. 
Um, and you actually summed up, you know, my, my next question of why somebody should come here. Um, but I, I really can't speak highly enough about trying. And I wanted to take a, th a second to thank you, Coach. Um, you know, since I stepped on campus. This was not on the script. This, this is not on the script. Um, since I've spe stepped onto campus, I've, you've, you've welcomed me with open arms. Um, there's been a lot of ups and downs, but you've sp stood by me through everything. You know, you've done the same for everybody. You know, you, you go through a lot. You have a lot on your plate, but you always make time for us, and I really do appreciate that. And I'm, there's nobody else in, in the world I'd rather have in my corner, so I want to thank you for that. Man, you're gonna make me blush. <laughs> um, I, I I do appreciate it. You you trusted in me. You trusted in this program. You you decided to come here. We're gonna do everything we can to give you a positive and unique experience. Uh, and and we're trying really hard to do that, right? Like, I'm there for all my guys. You know, through thick and thin, through good and bad. Like, you have to be as a coach. And the university does a really good job of backing you guys up too you know anything that you guys need we do everything we can to help you guys achieve it oh, absolutely um i think that's going to wrap it up for today coach hall i can't thank you enough for hopping on uh, and telling the trine wrestling community about yourself uh but that's going to conclude the seventh installment of the building a trinity podcast i want to thank you so much for listening and i cannot wait to see you next time thank you and go thunder Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.